It's Hoffcast time, and we're back. I'm going to turn down the levels just a little bit. Hopefully that helps your eardrums. Let's get that down. There we go. That sounds good. Hopefully it sounds good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not listening to it back. I don't wear cans when I record by myself. But I am in a hotel room in um, Dania Beach, Florida, which I had no idea existed <laughs> until uh, a few weeks ago when I found out I was coming here and coming to work with Harlan Williams, who you guys all know from um, from something about Mary and Dumb and Dumber. He's the cop who drinks the piss. And you got uh, Rocket Man. He's been in a million things. And um, so came down here to work with him and, you know, Flor- as we know, Florida's COVID-proof, so it doesn't exist down here. Everybody's free, and I think the most of the country is is opened up again. Even in Los Angeles, they got rid of masks indoors. So uh, you know, Florida's Florida led the way, <laughs> if that's if that's how you want to say it. But um, but you know, the week is not mar- is not without a uh, little black eye from uh, from the war going on out in Eastern Russia. And that, um, not Eastern Russia, you got, it's Western Russia and, uh, and the Ukraine, it's Eastern, uh, Europe. And, uh, you know, not much funny to say about that, but, uh, Putin is a lunatic. I don't know what to say. I mean, for a person to just say, hey, I'm going to come in and take it in today's day and age, especially when 98% of the rest of the world is saying, hey, hey, buddy. Don't do that, Kay. Can you, hey, hey, Putin, hey, bud, can you, uh, can you not do that? Because it's not good. (laughs) And he's still like, no, we are going to take it. We are going to go over into the Ukraine and we are going to take what is ours. And, um, (laughs) and he did it. He, you know, just kind of waved his finger at uh, the rest of the world and went in. And I'm not sure I understand all the ins and outs. You know, I'm trying to stay trying to stay in touch but i know that the ukrainian president is a former comedian which is kind of cool and people are like rallying behind him and he's out there wearing a bulletproof vest listen is he out there really shooting people i don't know is this just them taking some like pictures of it say like hey our president's with us maybe he is an actual badass um you know i don't want to take anything away from him but like oh and what was the funniest thing i saw somebody post uh Oh, who was it that said, uh, uh, <laughs> now that I found out he's a comedian, it makes sense because we're used to bombing or something. <laughs> we're used to a good bombing or something like that. Um, but, you know, he's he's sticking up for it, which is what you should do when your country's under attack. You know, you don't want your, your leaders to, like, dissolve and run away. It's kind of cool that he's there and he's, like, standing his ground even though, you know, it might put him at peril, but he realizes, you know, the country's bigger than him. So, and people might argue, well, the, if the country's bigger than him, you know, that's why he should survive, is so that, you know, don't don't just risk your bodies, you know, save the country, make sure that uh, power stays in place. But, I don't know, everybody's replaceable. That's the whole deal. That's, you know, I had to come to terms with that years ago. And I've had to talk multiple people through it when they think, you know, I'm the only one that's doing my job over that company. Nobody else is helping. That company would fold if it weren't for me. It's like, no, no, it wouldn't. 
Everyone is replaceable. I mean, if the president of the United States dies, they replace him within 15 minutes. So, eh, you know, don't don't think too highly <laughs> of yourself. Like, kind of keep it real and realize that, uh, you know, we're all expendable and we all will die. That will happen. So <laughs> yeah, the, fr- the sooner you can saddle with that and just, you know, try and accomplish as much as you can while you're here and be nice to the people around you, which is what I believe our friend Vladimir forgot. He's supposed to be nice so we can all coexist. I mean, we could have it great. If the whole world worked together and had common interests, I mean, how great would this place be? Everybody would be traveling all the time. We'd have open borders, no need for crazy passports and stuff like that. Just, ah, come on in, we trust you. Boy, wouldn't it be great if everybody was great? (laughs) Wouldn't that be something? If everybody, you know, there were no turds around that you had to be like, what's that guy up to? What, don't go down that dark alley because there's, there's a dude in there that's the guy that killed Batman's parents. You know, we got to worry about those turds. Otherwise, our kids could be running out in the streets, you know, and, and trust that nobody's going to abduct them. But we can't. We can't. It's a couple people that ruined the whole batch. And I, I was I was kind of reading up about old, old Pooty, Pooty Vladdy Pooty over there. And... Uh, and he's been in power basically since the year 2000. Uh, basically, uh, they elected him in 2000. And uh, from what I understand, started out good. Started out like as kind of like a tough guy. And people were like behind him there thinking, hey, this guy, he's pretty pretty uh, rough and tumble. We like it. We like the Vlad. And, um, and then he was reelected in 2004. And then he served out his term. In 2008, they had a new president. But... That president put him as second in command, like prime minister. I guess that's the second in command there. And he like said, okay, you are vice president, essentially, Putin. And so then in 2012, he ran again, won. And then that's like a six-year term. Then he won again in 2018 because he kept re-signing these uh, bills that like extended his term. So basically, he's been in power or just underneath it since like two actually before that he was um he was prime minister under uh oh gosh what was it was it gorbachev is that who it was um you know he was then there since like 98 or something so basically for the last 24 years he's been in power and that is you know a quarter of a century that's too long that's too long for anybody to be in any position. If you haven't, if you haven't moved around since, like, we got to get some new blood in here. Like, I don't care, I don't care what you do. Twenty four years is an awful long time. Like, I'm <laughs> twenty four years longer than a kid lives at home with his parents. At least, at least <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be. So you got twenty four years. Let's like, come on, dude. It's time to get some new blood in there. And I, oof, this could be the end of him. This could be the end. I don't know how this whole thing's going to play out. And it's kind of scary. Like, I know it's not what the Cold War was, but it's a little bit, you know, like when I was leaving this weekend, I was kind of like, ah, my family's in Los Angeles. Like, that's kind of a, an easy target. And Russia's kind of just across the water there. Should I be leaving? Like, like I can deflect a nuke. Or so like I can like I could really help. You know, I'd be one of the guys in the minivan, like with a gas can, like, how far can we get? How far east can we get? And then we'd just be stuck in the middle of Utah, just with our with our brains boiling in the hot sun. <laughs> and I'd be like, sorry, I guess a nuke probably was preferable to just dying like this. Um But it was a little nerve wracking. It's it is a little nerve wracking to have 
you know, a, a lunatic with a superpower and, and he can, you know, he's got a nuclear arsenal and you feel like, uh, you know, Harlan and I were talking, eventually there's going to be one of these guys that just, uh, you know, has a screw loose and says, screw it. We're, we're, uh, you know, I'm almost at the end of my rope here. Why don't I just burn the whole thing to the ground? And that's the kind of thing you just like, uh, well, there's no defense against that. Right. There's no defense against lunacy. That's why you ever you ever like be in a debate with somebody and they just start going off the rails and they're not making any sense. And they're like pulling things from, you know, 20 years ago that don't even really pertain to what's happening. And you're just like, I can't. There's no there's no winning here because now you've you've gone off course. It's like we were playing a game of basketball and all of a sudden you picked up a hockey stick and started whacking me in the <laughs> in the shin with it. Like that's not what we were doing. So so uh yeah, it's hard to uh, to rationalize with a person like that. And um and so hopefully hopefully the Ukraine's able to hold on, sustain minimal casualties cuz you know we we don't want any death like they they always break it down like civilians death and uh and um military death which really yeah you, the civilians a little sadder because they kind of had nothing to do with it you feel like they were just an innocent bystander but really those kids that are fighting these wars they don't really have anything to do with it they're just doing a job and and no matter what job you have you shouldn't be expected to die like I know that's what is asked of them, but you really shouldn't be expected. Like a perfect military is one that's just a deterrent, right? It's like there, and you know that's how I've always seen myself. It's like uh, you know I'm six foot tall, 180 pounds. I'm not huge by any measure, but I'm a little too big to like screw with, you know. Like, I, I could do some damage. Like, you're going to lose an eye, you come at me. So <laughs> so it's not really worth it. Um, and that's what a military should be. By the way, I'm here in my hotel, and it is it is midnight. So I'm hoping that I'm not being too loud in my next-door neighbors. Oh, well, they'll knock, I think. I, th I think they'd pound on the wall. I haven't heard anybody over there. I haven't heard a TV or anything, so... Hopefully, I'm not being too loud. I could hide under the covers, and maybe that would muffle it a little bit. But anyway, um, so prayers for the Ukraine and and the people that are innocent over there in Russia, because a lot of them, you know, don't want to be in this whole rigmarole. So I feel bad for them. You know, it's like um, it's like the whole thing with Germany and. Um, and we had some, uh, we had these two ladies come and stay with us when I was just a little kid. And they came over. It wasn't like an exchange program, but they came over visiting like a sister city or whatever. And they were singing at our church, right? And they were talking. Somebody said something about like uh, what happened in Germany, and they were crying. And they were like, "We did not, you know, we did not want that to happen. We were not a part of that." Um, you know, we feel as bad as you do. And you're like, yeah, your, your uh, whole country is basically, you know, looked down upon because of the act of a couple of madmen. And you're like, that sucks for them that they are, you know, it's, it's like whenever I, I felt this way as a kid when they were thinking of changing the drivers, uh, the, the age limit for you to be able to drive from 16 to 18. And I remember I wrote our um, Nebraska governor, an email, email just started, 
And I was like, hey, that seems unfair. Like, just because a couple of kids are screwing it up, don't, don't punish the rest of us. And she wrote back. It was pretty cool. Uh, well, I don't know if she wrote back or her assistant wrote back or whatever. But um, anyway, it didn't happen. So now you know who to thank for that. You know, 16-year-olds can still drive. Thank you, Nick Hoff. You're welcome, uh, world. And um, uh, where the hell was I going with that? You know, oh, yeah, you don't want a few uh, bad apples to spoil a batch, is what I'm saying. So I feel bad for the people of Russia. I feel bad for the people of Ukraine. Hopefully they can, hopefully this thing peters out. Hopefully they don't escalate it even further. Hopefully it, like, ends on the ground and they're like, you know what, maybe we don't need it. Maybe we uh, we can move on. We can find peaceful talks. We can figure out ways around this. Um, I don't have a lot of hope that that's going to happen. But um, and then maybe this ends with Putin, you know, his own people saying, hey, man, we don't need this. So uh, why don't you just take a hike? And I don't know what the recall thing is over there. I know <laughs> there's talk of corruption. <laughs> Could be that they are a little bit on the uh, wiry side. <laughs> but who isn't? Who isn't? If you look at every single president of the United States, you just look at their picture sometime. Like, pull up pull up a picture of the, uh, what do we got, 46 presidents? Pull up a picture of the 46 presidents, and, you know, they'll put them in order. And just look every one of those guys in the eye and tell me that they all haven't had somebody snuffed. Look at those guys, the most powerful people in the world, and tell me. That they didn't have. John F. Kennedy definitely had people snuffed. George W. Bush looks like a nice guy you'd like to have a beer with. <laughs> he definitely had some people snuffed. Bill Clinton, I feel like there's paper trails of that guy doing it, and maybe still is. Um, every single one of them, like you know, behind the scenes, gave the little, the little across the throat kill shot uh, for somebody. So I mean, there's there's corruption no matter where you go, but you hope that. Uh, you hope that your government has a little more transparency and or or you the people have a little more power to uh, see that things aren't spiraling out of control although i don't know that we the people of america have control really even like we get to vote every 4 years but does anybody have that much confidence in that anymore i'm looking at it going i don't know there's a drop in a hat did it count did it not count are they are they miscounting it who knows who knows okay that I, i'm off that i'm off that Prayers for the people over there. I'm off it. Because I am out there developing new material, doing some shows. I want to thank everybody who came out and saw me in Salt Lake City. I mean, those crowds are incredible there. That was so much fun over there. And, and there's a point in my act when I ask people, you know, how many kids you have. And usually, you know, there's like a lot of people have two, three, four. Some have four, maybe five. Five is like a wild number, most places in the United States. When you're doing shows in Salt Lake City, it's like, I mean, the leaders in the clubhouse, if you don't have seven, then just, I mean, sit down. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> what are you doing with seven? Eight and nine. These are the, these are the numbers that, that really do it. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I think there was, uh, one couple that had 11 combined. They were like a mixed family that had come together and they had 11. I'm like, come on. What are you, what are you doing? Salt Lake. I don't know why the, I don't think the Mormons, are they against contraceptives? Is it like Catholicism and they're getting, but probably, I don't know. Anyway, uh, thank you, everybody that came out and saw me. We had great shows there. And then I just did all these shows here in Dania Beach, Florida, which is basically Fort Lauderdale. And those were a blast as well. So, th you know, 
Big shout out to all the people that came out and saw me and possibly are discovering the Hoffcast now for the first time. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope I'm able to continue it on a on a pretty regular basis. You'll see if you if you check the dates. I mean, you got a good catalog. You got what this is episode number 98, so you got 97 episodes of backlog that you can go back and enjoy. Um, but moving forward, I hope to you know keep up a regular pace, and we'll have some interesting guests and things like that. Uh, but this one's just me. Um, and I feel like, I feel like, I don't know if it's because I've lowered my voice because I'm here and I'm getting self-conscious about waking up the neighbors, but I feel like the voice has got a good timber right now. I feel like I'm almost like a radio DJ, like coming right at you on channel 92.7, the wave. Go ahead and turn up that dial. We got some Willie Nelson coming at you. Maybe I didn't love you. Yeah. Dude, Willie Nelson has one of the worst voices for a mainstream singer. <laughs> like it's, but it, there's something comforting about it. There's something like soothing, and the, the, even though he misses a couple of notes, and you feel like his voice is wavering. There's something like an old grandpa there that you kind of like. Yeah, I'll listen to grandpa sing. There's something sweet, <laughs> sweet about that, about the sincerity of it. <laughs> so you listen to that. Uh, but yeah, they, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And um, and and lots of fun crowds, although I will say I will say they're in Salt Lake City. They, they, they've got the audience is real close to you right there. They, they're like right up against the stage, especially on the sides. And and so there's a little more interaction. There's a little more play. And I got some cool videos that I'm going to be uploading here this week. But um, I'll tell you what's what's a little I love it when people want to play, but they like give me honesty. Like I ask them a question and they answer honestly because that's that's where the comedy is. Comedy is you know just right there in the truth and what is real. But so often in a comedy show, people think, "Oh, this is my opportunity. I should be funny here. I should come up with a." And it's not really a lie, but it's it's not true. And and, and but they think it'll be funnier. This is why improv doesn't work. If you do that, if you're trying to come up with a line with improv, it doesn't work. It's best when it's grounded in reality. And I I don't think people are doing that maliciously, but they just don't understand. So, (laughs) you know, sometimes people, you know, comedy is like a, it's like a duet, but the audience has to, has to follow. It's like, it's like a call and response. Right. And, um, and, and and without like an honest audience that's like engaged and there and laughing and if I say something crazy they can have that response. That's that's the way that live show can live. But if somebody's trying to be funny, then it's it's really you know you can't have two lead dancers. That, that's really the thing of it. One of us has to follow, one of us has to lead. And since since the comedian on stage is the one being paid, the one that's been the recognized professional, I think he should be he or she should be the one that does that. And the audience just next time you're at a comedy show, just answer honestly if you get asked a question because there's probably something hilarious in that. Like, um, and I'm, this is one of the vo- videos I'm going to be posting. But um, there was this couple that I noticed they were cuddly. I said, "Oh, that's that's cute." Are you guys on a date? And they said. Yeah, but, and the person next to him said, but it's awkward. And I said, oh, why is it awkward? And they said, well, we used to be married. And it turns out, like, four months ago, they got divorced, and now they're back together, and we played with them. Check out that video. I'm going to be posting it on uh, social media and on my YouTube, which, by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube, get on there right now and do it and click the little bell. 
um, so that you get notifications because I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff on there and it just it helps if you guys are there and engaged just like I was talking about just like I was just talking about and I know I haven't put in the time with my YouTube page you know I've been there since like 2008 and I've got like 15 videos up but I'm going to be putting in the time now so be on the receiving end I, you know I need a I need a catcher I'm going to be throwing the ball I'm going to be throwing heaters so I need you guys over there throwing the signals, telling me what you want to see, and I'll 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 throw in the heat. I don't. Did that make any sense? I mean, am I going wompy right now? It's after midnight. I I should be fine. I'm on LA time. This is the East Coast. But good night. Um. But yeah, get on there and and, and like the videos if you like them, and, and put a little comment. Tell me what you liked about. Uh, you know, that's that's one thing I'm trying to do because. You know, comedy and, and art in general needs, and I think we all need this on there. We all need a little bit of, like, you know, giddy-up, a little bit of encouragement. And sometimes I'm just scrolling and I'm not hitting the like button on anything or I'm not hitting the little heart or commenting. And I'm like, you know what? Rather than look at, rather than look at 50 posts right now, maybe just look at 10 and engage with them all. You know, give a press the like or or put down a comment or something, the little laugh emoji, whatever, because that's that's the kind of that's valuable. That's that's telling someone they're important. It's kind of a nice thing. And guess what? It costs me nothing to do that. It costs me nothing to give a little bit on there. So I, I think we could all do that a little bit more, especially especially in the arts, because people are putting their stuff up there for free. They're working hard. You know, they're putting it up. They're putting themselves out there and this is their livelihood. So the least we can all do is, you know, help them be seen, especially if it's someone that you believe in, someone that you think has value to society. And maybe you're going, Nick. I don't know. I don't. I'm not seeing a lot of value here. You're recording in your underwear in, in a hotel at a Marriott in Dania Beach, which I don't even know where that is. Uh, I don't know how much value you're adding. Well, you know, you can you can stop listening at any point. Um, I don't expect everyone to love it, uh, but if you do, if if you do believe that, that I add value, then you know, just help me help me push that out to the forefront because those like buttons. And the comments and all that and the shares, those all mean the world to creators. So I've been trying to do better at that and be supportive of the people that I like and the people that I think are worthwhile. And, and that helps you guys as well. It, you know, it helps push them to you uh, so that you can enjoy them just like I have been. Um, but I, I got to wrap this up here pretty quick. I got uh, the car is coming at like six in the morning. So uh, even if I fell asleep now, I'm looking at limited, limited sleep. Um, and thank God uh, we're, we're getting a car to the airport tomorrow because these Ubers are not trustworthy. Uber and Lyft, they're getting a little bit better, but I have almost been left stranded several times. And by the way, they're always disgruntled. I feel like three or four years ago, Uber drivers were friendly and they were happy and they, you know, kind of, you know, they picked their own pace and they could work when they wanted to and they were doing all right. And now it's like I'm getting these unhappy drivers that are just upset at the world. And by the way, they all have idea. They all have their own economic policy ideas, which is so like, I love it. I love hearing what they have to say, but I mean, they have it all figured out almost every single one. Of, I guess if you drive that much and you have that time to yourself, you know, your own thoughts, then maybe you just, you, know, you come up with things. You think, well, this sucks. Like I'm driving for, 
you know, 12 bucks here. I've been going across town for $12 and gas is killing me and insurance is nuts and I don't want to drive. My back hurts. And so you start thinking, well, how does this get improved? And your mind immediately goes to <laughs> to the people that have their thumb on top of you. And I just think it's funny. They all have their own economic policy ideas. And this last guy that was taking me to the airport was so fed up with the United States. He was, and he's from... Oh, where the heck was he from? He, oh, he's from Israel. And he was so fed up. He's like, this place is garbage. You got homeless all over the place. You know, nobody cares about anybody. He's like, I'm going to Israel where, where the, we don't have any of that. And I was like, eh, I, I don't know enough to argue with him. I don't know if that's true or not. But I felt, I felt bad for him that he felt like he was trapped here. Uh, but it's good that he can get out and he sees that, you know, I feel like if people feel like they've got a better opportunity to go somewhere else then heck yeah, do it. Like I, I encourage that for everybody. And that's not just like in or out of the country. Like if you, if you can come to America and make a better life, you're great. If you can move from Texas to, you know, Arkansas and you get a little bit better place or you can get a bigger place and, and your family's there and stuff like that. I think that's great. You should absolutely do that. Um, so, but I just think it's funny that every single one for the last eh, maybe six months have had their own economic policy ideas. So maybe we should start listening to them. Maybe these drivers got it figured out and we can, you know, tap into that un, un, uh, unexploited resource. Well, they're definitely exploited, but I, <laughs> I couldn't use untap again. Um, but anyway. Uh, I think that's about it. I think, oh, a lot of people have been asking me when the special's coming out, guys, I think I'm getting the final audio, uh, this Monday. And so then it's just a matter of getting it up on platforms. And so it should be very soon. I will keep, you guys will be the first to know when I know. So keep an eye on that. Cause I'm going to need you to help me promote the hell out of that and then get it up in you know, in people's faces. Cause uh, a lot of work has gone into that. I'm proud of it. I'm sick of it now. Because I've had to watch it too many times, and and those some of those jokes are several years old, but I love it, and I am I am proud of it. So uh, keep your uh, ears and eyes open for that. Um, and I'm trying to think of where I'm going to be coming up. Oh, I'm in Mississippi with Cable Guy here this coming week. Where I think we're in Choctaw and Biloxi, and then in two weeks I'll be with Harlan Williams again in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. So if you know anybody down there, send them to the show. We put on a great one. You're gonna love Harlan. I, you know, I'm doing new stuff, and I think it's it's really uh, starting to come together. So um, come see us. Get tickets to go see that show, and then later in. Um, in the month, I'm going to be in Lincoln City, Oregon. If anybody's up there close to the coast, and uh, and Wichita, Wichita, Kansas, at the Looney Bin in April. So make sure you guys get those tickets. Get them early. Support. That's that's one great way to support comedy. If you see someone's coming somewhere uh, close to you, get your tickets early. Don't wait. Don't wait on it. Uh, you know, get them because that helps. That helps um, the club see. Oh, this guy. You know, people want to see him. Um, you know, when you, you wait to the last minute, I've had, I've had people that were like, oh, I was coming to see you. And then a club like cut down shows or something. And then all of a sudden it's sold out because instead of doing, uh, five shows, now we're only doing four shows. And, and so, you know, there may have been a couple hundred people that wanted to see that fifth show, but because, you know, enough tickets weren't sold early, they just said, you know what, let's not do that one. Let's just do the four that are already full and, and call it good. So Make sure you get those tickets early. Uh, you know, you can check out my website, nickhoff.com. 
give this podcast a review and a like if you like it. Get hit that subscribe. You know, I'm I'm putting all this stuff out there, trying to trying to uh, remain funny for everyone out there. Um, even if I can't get to your play, your city, you know, here in the next couple of months, I want to, I want to stay in touch. I want to keep engaged and, um, cause I, I love entertaining. That's, that's my number one passion in this world is to, you know, besides my family, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> I just want to make people happy and make them laugh. So, uh, the better I can do that, uh, and the more people I can get out to the better I, I feel that I can do. I, I don't know what the hell that last sentence was. It's obviously too late. I love you guys. Stay safe out there. Uh, you know, have a great week. And don't forget to doom, doom, bip. Doom, 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 doom.